Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Powering Change, with our guest, Brad. Welcome to the podcast, Brad. Would you please introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Matt, for having me. My name is Brad Boldus. I am a supervisor with the IT Energy Systems team at Tucson Electric Power, which is a very long title. Just my quick background. So I did my undergrad at the U of A and then did the ROTC program there at the same time, went in the Air Force into cyber operations. After the Air Force, did a quick stint, very quick in target.com's operations and decided I didn't want to do that. Went over to a defense contractor as a software engineer for a little bit, and then decided to pivot over into Tucson Electric Power. So that's just a very quick where I've been in my kind of career. And then as far as for me, I live in Tucson, got three kids and a huge Arizona basketball fan and will always be. (laughs) It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So why did you choose this career? So my career progression kind of started from a technical leadership, right? So I commissioned as an officer in the Air Force and had to learn how to lead an incredibly diverse team of not necessarily all engineers, but a very technically focused individuals. And I loved it. And so I've been an individual contributor when I worked in defense and it was very fulfilling and rewarding being able to be the go-to person to get stuff done. A build needed to get done, or there's a firmware issue or whatever the case is, right? And you're in the lab and you're trying to figure things out. Like those things are super fun. But what was frustrating for me was I didn't have a a leadership above me that was helping block things or making sure we were working on the right things. Or when I had frustrations, really helping to figure out the root cause and dig deeper than just my initial complaint. And so that's why I pivoted back into leadership at TEP, which has been pretty awesome. We have a pretty diverse team of engineers and analysts on our team. So I've got everything from electrical engineers and computer science engineers to a few IT analysts that their background is more in sysad work. And it's been really fun, right? The team is incredibly diverse. They have an incredibly diverse set of talents and ideas in order for us to deliver the systems. And maybe I should have said this a little bit more. So our area And what I work on at Tucson Electric Power is on the tip of the spear when it comes to the systems that are offered. So we work and provide the systems that are called the energy management systems or an EMS and a advanced distribution management system, which is on a distribution side. Essentially, they're the systems in any electric company that operates the supervisory control and data acquisition, which is all of your controls that you can remotely operate from a control center. So if you see the pictures of all of the screens in the dark room where they're calling in and hey, I got to do switching or there's an outage, all of that's being managed in the control room and they can send controls to field devices and actually 
open up a breaker or if there's a, a, a pull down and they need to de-electrify it and it hasn't already tripped, they can make sure that is cleared and they can open those remotely from there. So our systems provide all that capability and information from the field to the operations so that we can get that out to our field crews too. The biggest thing with my career focus has been how can I impact culture through leadership? And then how can I bring to bear good technical ideas that align to what we actually need to do for the business? Because uh, a lot of times in engineering, we have great ideas that aren't necessary or needed. <laughs> so sometimes it's finding how to position those great ideas into the current need. And maybe some of that's tabling it to a future time that we're going to look at or defining what the business need is and then figuring out what the engineering solution and not the opposite way around, which happens often where we develop an engineering solution and we try to figure out how it fits into the business need. So mm -hmm. I think those have been my primary drivers. I think that's very interesting. And would you say that technical leadership and engineering management has a lot of parallels or is it different from traditional team leadership and being a manager? I think it has some unique challenges to it. And obviously I'm biased on this probably, but when you're dealing with a group of engineers, especially when it's a multidisciplined group, you have people that are working for you and you're giving direction to that know a heck of a lot more about what they're doing and how to do it than you do. And that's true in a lot of aspects of leadership, but understanding the right questions to ask to get the details, not to take over the technical implementation, but to understand what it means and the impact it has. So you can help provide that informed, yes, we should do this, or the backing on, hey, how is this gonna impact other things so we can involve the additional groups that need to be involved. So I think it's, it's unique because you need to understand enough of the implementation of the technical aspects and you have to understand the other side of what is this being used for within the business. So you have to understand all of our business processes at the same time as well. As well as obviously you have to do all the things like make sure your people are happy and engaged. And right. I say, hey, how's the morning going? And they say, okay, just don't leave it at that. Be like, okay. Especially if usually they're like, it's amazing, right? So all of the things that are great about leadership, I think the additional and that the engineering technical is probably those aspects. Yeah, I think you spoke to that very well. So thank you for that. What's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? I'll just, I really did not know much about the industry that I'm in. So there's not like a degree program at the University of Arizona or our many other schools that, that really drive people towards utility and specifically within the electric utility segment of the, the economy. And obviously we have electric utilities everywhere because you need electricity. I mean, it literally when the lights go out, people die, right? So especially in a hot summer in Arizona. So I wish before I graduated, I would have known a little bit more about the opportunities of other industries around so that I could have maybe chosen some of the electives that I did a little bit more carefully. I think I took some of those last classes that were the whatever, and then most I'm talking in my undergrad, but in the elective ones that you've taken towards the end, you're so ready just to be done and out the door. And you're like, let me just start real life that I think there would have been an opportunity to maybe 
either focus in on a couple of other areas of interest or maybe do some additional internships in other areas. I was pretty laser focused on just the Air Force. And I thought that was exactly what I wanted to do for my entire life. And at 20 years old, you don't know what you want to do with your entire life. I would have diversified to, even if I thought that was the career path I was taking, to be able to be exposed to some of the other, especially within Tucson areas. Like we have uh, obviously the uh, utility, there's a mining presence, there's a big defense presence. There's lots of industry that's in the city of Tucson, even just learning about the city of Tucson and like what they do. So I think having that diversification, even if it's not where I thought I was going to land, would have given me some perspective of what else is out there, which I think is a little bit scary when you're trying to figure out. I remember when I had to declare my major because of my scholarship stuff, it had to be tied to my scholarship. And I went to my guidance counselor in high school and I said, Hey, I got to declare my major in seven days. And they handed me a book of all of the majors at the university of Arizona. And they said, good luck. And I was completely overwhelmed. I ended up being able to pick my major and, and do all of that just fine. But most of that was guided by what my dad did before me. So I think that would probably be it. If I was talking to my kids, I would encourage them to do something a little bit different in their, maybe an internship or a summer job than the segment that they're necessarily thinking that's the one. They're thinking of going into healthcare. I'd say, go do a summer job in e-commerce or work at the Target, where whatever. Work at the Target Distribution Center and just see what that world is like. Even if you're never going to touch step foot in there again, you could at least see like what that means when we talk about a warehouse where you're having to ship things out from or whatever. Yeah. I think a diversity of experiences is really good because sometimes you might be surprised as well as what you find interesting that you didn't think would be interesting. For my next question, can you recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? hundred percent I can. So when I got hired here at Tucson Electric Power, we were in the process of changing our energy management system that we used for 20 plus years to splitting that out into a separate energy management system for transmission and generation and distribution being in its own system. And the distribution project in particular was an incredibly challenging project. It started in 2018 and it was supposed to be a two-year effort it finished in January of this year is when we actually finished the project. Needless to say, it was very overdue and over schedule. And one of the things that was frustrating about that was we had very bad technical requirements and we didn't have any technical requirement document that we could go through that was linked to what the business said that they needed. So the problem we continued to face is we would come through punch list items. Business would stipulate, we need XYZ. The technical team would deliver that, go through the promotions, get it up into production. And the business would say, we also need XYZ. And we would also come up with challenges with defects that were introduced because of lack of testing, right? We didn't catch stuff in that promotion cycle that we should have. And so the thoroughness of what tests we were having and recording those tests were not there. So we were constantly in this iteration of we fix, it feel like we take two steps forward and three steps back. And so we finally, in, I think it was the summer of 22, we, right before the summer, about this time of year, 
we had just a stand down on everything and said, okay, we need to figure out how to right size this. We pulled the vendor in, we pulled the business in, we pulled the technical team in. We figured out exactly what the challenges everybody had and what we thought we could do about it. And we prioritized all of those challenges. Some of them were personal gripes. They don't like something took three clicks when it used to take one click. Some of them were legitimate problems. The system froze when they did certain actions, right? So we had to prioritize that, figure out what could be done. And we came up with a punch list of items to go through. And then the team moved into a agile methodology with a two-week sprint and essentially started to line up what work we could do in those two weeks, delivered iterations at the end of every two weeks. We'd have a demo with the business and show them what that functionality would look like. And then we'd go through a promotion cycle and promote that into production. And we did that for the rest of the year of 2022. And then in 2023, we were able to actually finish with all of our punch list items that we were capable of finishing. And operations gave the green light and thumbs up to close the project finally, which was only like you know about three years overdue and very over budget. But now it's done. It's a system of record. It's in. We don't have the legacy system that has been decommissioned, which was a fun, fun thing to do. It's not quite the office space where we could take it out in the desert yeah. and just beat it to pieces. But that feeling came to mind once it was yeah. time to be able to get rid of it. For sure. And I've been on one of those projects with not well-defined requirements. And I know it is not fun. Um, that journey is not fun. What advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? I'm a strong believer that when you launch your career, you're in an observation mode. You should be learning as much as you can. And I would encourage journaling of some of the things that you're learning, especially early on and not writing down every technical thing. I just mean experience-based. Who's the person you know, at the end of the day, reflect who's the person who you're asking the most questions of and why are you asking the most questions of them? What is it that they know or what they have about them that one makes it so that you can ask them questions or you feel comfortable, or maybe they have some knowledge and then is your drive that you want to have that knowledge or are you interested in that? Or are you not interested in? And I, I did a minimal amount of that actually, when I started my career of journaling, and I think it helped especially when I mentioned like I, I worked at a Target for a short period of time. I think I realized very quickly going into that, I thought it was going to be the bee's knees. E-commerce is where it's at. That's what I want to be in. This is the world. This is the economy. And it just, it was not for me. And I think those reflections allowed me to realize that early. I enjoyed everyone I worked with. I enjoyed my, my boss at the time. And I, him and I just had a frank conversation and I was able to pull from my notes that, Hey, here's what's going on with me. And he was like, yeah, man, it's your heart's not in this. You need to be somewhere where you're a little bit more technically focused. And that opportunity wasn't there for me there. So I think that would be at least with someone, at least starting out, I'd say journaling would be a really good progression. And then also the, it sounds cliche, but like the grabbing onto that mentor of who is the right person and it's really mentors, right? Like in my career, I've never had where it's just one person who's my my guru that I'm just going to. It's a it's it seems like it's a been a grouping of different people. And I can tell you who those great ones were. And I can also tell you the people who I worked for or worked with where I was like, I don't want to be like that person. 
And here's what I'm going to do in my career. And I think some of those are equally as important. What is the demonstrated behavior that they're doing that everyone hates working for them? And how do you not emulate that going forward? Or if it's, I can't understand what says in a meeting, maybe there's an opportunity to, as the leader to, how do you help that person or as their peer? Like, Hey, I had a guy that I worked with. He was my peer. He was technically awesome but he was a terrible public speaker. And part of his job was making presentations about what was going on with the various builds or we were doing with the, the deliveries and he could not execute that. And him and I just rebalanced our work. We talked to our supervisor and we're like, this guy's gonna do the under the cover stuff and Brad's gonna help more with the presentation stuff. The only hesitation from our boss was, all right, but we gotta have a plan so he can do that on his own because Brad won't always be here. So. We worked on that together, but yeah, I think that's, you know, that grouping of journaling and finding those mentors and also observing the behaviors that are there that you would like to change and then figuring out how you can be that positive impact to change those behaviors. 100%. I think those are three great pieces of advice. And thank you so much for your time today and being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.